And welcome to the South Road, boys. I am Joe. I am Troy. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm very well. What's going on? <laughs> oh, we're having a myriad of technical difficulties this evening. It's been fun. I think this is take four. <laughs> yeah, look, this is the thing, though, for the roadies. Uh, we know they love a bit of perfection. That's why they listen to us. And so- you know what, roadies? Just be thankful you haven't had to spend the last half an hour that we have Trying to work this shit out, so. <laughs> well, no, working shit out. I mean, as you know, um, we used to have the power go out as well, so. Yeah. Things are getting real. Not much you can do there. No, um, don't control the power. No, He-Man just... does. Hey. He-Man had the power. I got... Oh, what was I thinking? I was thinking <laughs> Where are I you going? CNC Music Factory, I think. <laughs> it's slightly different. It is. He-Man. Um, now... I was going to tell you about my weekend. Yes, in which there are other <laughs> he-men involved. Exactly. So we got to go to the footy on the weekend um, where my beloved St Kilda Football Club almost defied the odds and uh, came within a hair's whisker of beating the Mighty Hawks. Um, they did. i tell you what, it was, it was funny because I went with the family um, and even Amy came to the footy. And we had a plan that we were going to leave at three-quarter time because it was a late night. And I've got very young kids. So that was probably about 10 o'clock. When it was only two points in it, I said, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> and my wife just looked at me and went, I didn't think so. <laughs> now, at least she understood. She's a good woman. She is. Mind you, I did pack these, um, these uh, the hand warmers. So the little... Um, packets probably about the same size as maybe three tea bags sewn together and you shake them up and they get all nice and warm ah, she yes. puts those. Mm. so she feels nice and, and when if my wife's fed if she's warm all she needs is a bed she'll she'll put off sleep as long as she's fed and warm so we, we took care of that and you could have given the kids a few drinks i mean that would have got them a little bit tired and sleepy exactly yeah oh, they, they were pumped especially my daughter ella and the reason why she was pumped was because for those people who who are in Australia, our roadies are in Australia, you know that if you go to a live AFL game um, during halftime, which is about, what is halftime? Probably half hour, I reckon, yeah, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. 20 minutes. Enough time to get a couple of shouts of beers. (laughs) Exactly. Go to the toilet, stand there for 10 minutes, then go. (laughs) Um, Yep. (laughs) um, So at halftime in the AFL, Around six different groups from the local under ten junior football or Auskick as we call it, um, they get to play in either red or blue, and then on either wing you have a senior, which is probably the taller of eighteen, <laughs> and the shorter of eighteen play on the left wing. Now um, those people are chosen by the club and the junior footballers, and my daughter got chosen, which is so awesome. Oh, so awesome. It's and it's so it's, cool. It is so cool. And so what they do is they get 18 kids and they go, right, the tall part of the tallest nine go to the left wing and the short part of the 18, the other nine go to the right wing. And you take on the opposing side for Hawthorne in an Oz kick game. 
um, I got to be one of the parent helpers. So I got to don the 1960s style white coat. <laughs> Did you get to go on the on the turf? Yes, yes. Oh, Joe Mather. Oh, I know. I don't know who was more excited, my daughter or myself. Look, me not being a parental figure and also not having yeah. my child on the grassy area of the ground. Yes. I, I get your excitement with that, but I don't understand it. But you being on the ground. A little bit of wee came out. Oh, wow. <laughs> and when you see one of your most favorite people in the world, like, so what happened is quarter time happens, the siren goes for quarter time. Now, five minutes before, oh, sorry, at the 20 minute mark, all the kids who are playing in the red and blue, they go, right? And then they go down to the rooms, they put their kid on and they're waiting. At the quarter time siren, we go and we go down into the player's dressing room, right? Nice. This gets better so all the, the time. It does. So the, so the grown men have now left the change rooms before the young children go in, just letting you know that. <laughs> um, and they've gone out for the second quarter. All right? So we go into the change rooms. There are a couple of mums. They take the girls to go get changed. The other dads take the boys to go get changed and they get a jersey with a number on it. They get a pair of shorts and they get a pair of socks. Now, these get handed back because they get washed and recycled every week. Um, You get a bit of a briefing. Um, The parents, you're responsible for taking out the temporary goalposts. You're also responsible for taking out, um, what else is it, The, the banners and stuff like that. And then... You um you wait in the race. You wait in the players' race, and you wait there until half time. Now the thing is, when we left, my mighty St Kilda football team were not doing very well. As we were standing in the race at half time, we got up by two points. Yeah, it was on. The kids around me. Sorry, mate. I said it was on. Oh, it was definitely on, and so the. Kids went ballistic. And then halftime goes and you run out. My daughter is running out like every single person is screaming her name. (laughs) Her fists are pumped. She's running in circles and she's going, yes, yes. (laughs) It was so cool. And then they play for 15, 20 minutes. Um, They don't keep score, but Ella knows that she didn't win. (laughs) <laughs> and then they go, sorry? I was going to say, I have a question for you. When yes. you went out on the ground, what did you yes. do? I raised my hands up and I was going to... <laughs> <laughs> no. Because I, I, um... I would have had the Rocky moment. I would have just raised your arms and just walked out and just looked around and gone, I, I'm the real shit right now. I am the real shit. Well, I had this massive big NAB Auskick banner in one hand and I had my mobile phone on video mode recording Ella in the other <laughs> and she, she was just loving it and then I videoed myself and I can tell you I know by watching that video I was probably more pumped <laughs> than what she was at that very moment in time now we're talking Hawthorne versus St Kilda we're talking you know maybe a top four side Versus the cellar dwellers. Yep. Um, it was not a capacity by any stretch of the imagination. But I think there was, you know, a fair crowd there. And um, 
it, it was great fun. And then what happens is the kids go and they form a line, like a guard of honour, and as the players come back out for three-quarter time, uh, sorry, the, as the players come out for the third quarter, they all give the kids a high five as they go past. That's nice. It is good. Unfortunately, Tim Membry uh, from St Kilda decided to jump some of the high five hands. One of those was Ella. She let him know. <laughs> so, she's a bit. How does, she's a, bit how dirty does a young girl let a player know that she's not happy? Uh, I've got a photo of her stink face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she was naming players as they were running out from both sides. That's she's, impressive. She's got a great football knowledge. And um, and then all the kids go back into the players' change rooms and they they huddle around and then they sing the team song. Very cool. Now, the only catch you've got there is, though, that means that you actually missed out on parts of the game. I missed out on the third quarter. Which, that sucks. Which, no, not really, because we got decimated in the third quarter. <laughs> and then by the time we got back up to our seats, which is probably about oh, less than 10 minutes to go, St Kilda made a bit of a comeback, and all of a sudden we're within 10 points going into the fourth quarter. It's true, but that also means, though, that if you've been watching the game the whole time, the decimation would not have happened. Because when Correct, you were there... would have won. It was fine. Exactly. But I'm not superstitious at all. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was our um, our football fun. Um, it was such a great experience, and I cannot thank the clubs enough for what they do for the kids. The kids, all they all feel like they are super special, and they they just get treated like the the, the, the real players of the game. It just sounds so, so cool. I said, even as an adult, like it just sounds so cool. You you wish you'd go back into a you know little version of yourself and to be able to yeah. go and do it. Yeah, I like it. Now, speaking of football, have you seen what happened on the weekend between Yarra Glen and Thornton Eildon? No. Can may I ask whereabouts these teams are? Uh, Victoria, Victorian based teams. No idea. Now. It is true. I reckon it's going to be something it, funny. That's my thought. Oh, uh, you know what? It is what I love about Australia. It is what I love about being an Australian and having people have a similar sense of humour and not taking life too seriously. So this is probably one of. It's not top grade by any stretch of the imagination. It's it's probably three or four steps down from. A grade football. Yep. Maybe maybe four or five. Basically, one team was being beaten or got beat by 347 points. Oh, it's one of those games. Yeah, but yeah. here's the thing. So Yarra Glen, Thunder, uh, produced the fourth highest score ever seen in the Yarra Rangers competition, booting 54 goals, 29 353, to Thornton's one goal, zero, six. It's just so bad. Okay. Now, the thing is, they knew at three-quarter time, they were on target to beat the league's record of 440. That was within their sights. Yep. But what they've done is gone, fuck that. What we're going to do is we're going to do something better in history and give everyone the best story ever. He basically said, we're going to sacrifice winning by the biggest recording margin. What we're going to do 
is we're going to set a record where every single player scores a goal. Are we Which talking? Means, are we talking both teams? No, no. Just every single team. player on his team. So twenty-one players needed to make the score sheet. Okay. Now, at three-quarter time, they had four people put their hands up to say that they hadn't kicked a goal. And as soon as those four people put their hands up, the people who were around all knew what the plan was. These players were basically being pelted with balls to be able to get a goal. Now, here's the thing. With seconds to go, three of the four players had kicked a goal. On the siren, (laughs) their ruckman, William uh, Christley, took a mark on the 40-metre mark directly in front. All right? If he didn't get this goal, he was going to suffer the wrath of his club because they have a thing where if you if you don't make some sort of target during the game, you get a bit of a hazing where, you know, you have to train in your jocks or you have to go down to the shops to get your, your weekly shop in your footy kit or something like that. Yep. Now, he'd already kicked eight points but not one goal. <laughs> okay. And there he is, siren's gone, he's on the 40-metre mark, and he's got the ball. Absolutely terrified. And this this has to be the most Australian thing ever, all right? The opposition player... Let me guess, he went, went up and jobbed him and gave him a 50-metre penalty. No, he just... <laughs> now, for, for those people who don't understand, people in the Americas, when a player catches or has a fair catch, or as we call in Australia, a mark, they get possession of the football where they are able to kick without being tackled or or whatever for the ball. Yeah. Now, the opposing team has to stand on an imaginary dot or an imaginary mark, which is where the ball was captured or where the ball was marked. Once the ball or the player <laughs> goes past that mark, yep. then they can do it. So the opposing player looks at where the mark is and steps over it. On purpose. On purpose to automatically award a free 50-metre penalty where the guy is kicking directly in front from no metres. So he slots it through and they break the team record, 21 players on the score sheet. Wow, I sort of loved it though if he just gone up and just snotted him on to get a 50-metre yeah. penalty. It just would have been great. And I think that would have been more Australian than anything. Giving it someone a reward. Was. Yes. <laughs> but they'd but have to earn it. <laughs> yeah. But I just love the fact that they realised that they had been absolutely broomed. There was no there was no mercy involved. And he helped them break the record. Yeah, like you know, another goal was not going to change their day. It was not going to change <laughs> their day, but it was gonna make it was gonna make the Ruckman's day. So um I just thought that was a brilliant story. There you go. Aussies, eh? Every now Aussies, and then we just pull one out of the bag. Exactly. We can do some shit things when we're abroad, but um, yeah, that that wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, speaking of shit things. Yes. Um, I do have a funny story. I found this one earlier in the week and mm-hmm. I just saved it on the phone and I thought I'll look at it later. Yes. Um, a Gold Coast man. Oh, no. Right? Someone up yes. in Goldie has been jailed. Right. After filming himself licking a woman's car and then ringing her to tell her what she tell her what he'd done. 
Oh, that's odd. What sort of car was she driving? <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know. Oh, okay. So the dude licked this woman's car and then rang her to tell her what he was doing. Who does that? Well, who? who? People on, well, other pe- than this guy. <laughs> people on the go. So, I mean, that's, that is a very niche fetish. It's weird because he got 12 months behind bars, right? After pleading guilty to stalking a stranger. Well, and I thought, that's obvious. Well, I thought straight away, of, 12 months, that's a lot for licking a car. Like, I don't think it's just licking the car. Well, I think, well, that's the thing. It isn't the first time he's done it. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, basically... Um, <laughs> carry, carry the car um, liquor. So, so, the woman somehow found this guy on Facebook and looked at his profile... Yes. And there was footage of him on there performing the same act on a different car. Oh, he, he leaks cars and posts it to Facebook. Yeah, it's just weird. So he's got this history, apparently, of sending the similar sort of videos, him licking strangers' cars, then ringing these people or tagging them in it, and it's basically just weird stalkery car-licking action. It's just weird. I... Oh, oh, I'm I'm struggling to work out whether or not it's the licking of the car that he's got the thing for, or it's no, it has to be it has to be the car related because you could do other things to people that are also weird if you just wanted to get caught. I I don't like any cars enough to lick them. No, so it's got a thing saying that outside court, his lawyer admitted. He does know it is strange behaviour, but offered no explanation. <laughs> Imagine that, though. Like, you're an Uber driver and you go to pick this guy up and he bends over and uh, licks your car and goes, no, nah, sorry, mate, I need a taxi. Mm, lemony. Right. Now, I've got to show you something really funny here, right? You're going to love yes. this. So I brought this news story up on my laptop, the same laptop cool. that I'm looking at your wonderful face on as we Skype yes. and record this. Have yes. a look at the wonderful coincidence when I share the screen of the advertising around this system or situation of licking a car, right? So we're just going to, hopefully, is it going to bring it back to where we were? Let me just get rid of that. Can you see oh. that? A clipped cross. <laughs> it's got Mitsubishi's around and ever advertised. <laughs> oh. Oh, Christopher doesn't look like he's got it all together there. <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen a photo of this guy and I don't think he's got all four oars in the water. Oh, and I'm not sure know. Mitsubishi want their, their, their um, brand associated. Well, maybe they do. It's some pretty it's, impressive sort of uh, advertising. It's the car lickers, um choice of car. Ah, just, there you go. <laughs> Licking cars. Like, I, I can admire a car. I've definitely wanted to sit in cars because that's what they're designed to do. I I don't think I'd ever want to lick a car no. and then go to the trouble of finding the owner to send them a video <laughs> showing them of me licking their car. But I I'd imagine that he's done quite a lot of this if he's gotten 12 months for stalking a stranger as well. Like, yeah, it's not even someone he knows. Apparently, I don't know how that works. How do you, how do you find the phone number of someone you don't know? There must be. A, that's where the stalkery part must come in. Well, Facebook. 
Because some people have their phone numbers listed in Facebook. Oh, some people are stupid. Why would you well, do some that? Some people are. Well, I, I don't know. Some or some people just don't know what their privacy settings are, yes. and don't know why you do it. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. I think some people have it so that anyone can see their phone number. They just want to be contacted. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. So, so, um, so good old uh, Christopher. So yeah. I'm just going to say to anyone up in Goldie. Um, Christopher will be eligible for parole in November. So if you need your car cleaned, um, <laughs> park outside the jail. Wait till he comes car out. car cleaning service. Because he's probably not going to have any vehicles in there. He's going to be lick happy when he comes out. Oh, so, so clean you could eat off. Oh, you could. <laughs> so, yeah, if you need a clean car, November. Just hit up Chris. <laughs> On Facebook. On Facebook. <laughs> Chris's car cleaning service. <sighs> Oh. I just found that really funny. It's like, what a bizarre thing to do. And when you see these things come up, you expect they're in the Americas or... Because you get a lot of weird stories in the US of A. Um, no. That's true. It was in Goldie. <laughs> oh, Goldie's an odd place, though. Like, it really is... It's not like anything you've ever really experienced. I think the closest thing you can experience is the sea... Like, the the, the not flash part of Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a lot the Bermuda Triangle of Australia. It just seems to... Just draw all these strange people in together. Yeah, it's I I lived up near that area for a little while, and the Goldie is it can be beautiful, but I it's just a bizarre place at times. <laughs> mm. Well, at least their cars are clean. That's all that really matters. Well, exactly, exactly. Now, speaking of cars, yeah. Um, did you know that the Ferrari from Ferris Bueller's Day Off is being auctioned off? Jeez, that'd go for a pretty penny, wouldn't it? Surely you'd have to. Well, you'd think so. This, could I, here we go. Uh, before you get any further, there's a, there's a couple of questions I have for this scenario. Yes. There would have been more than one car used in this movie. Um, we would have had the car in the showroom, and then we would have had the car that goes smashing down into the valley. Do we, no, do we see that's... the smashed version of the car? I can't remember. We do. We do. Yes. Okay. I, I think you'll find they are the same car. Oh, surely not. If that's the case, then, the car that's being auctioned off must be a smashed-up car. Well, potentially. Or maybe it didn't do that much damage. Maybe it was superficial damage. Oh, no. It fell, I think sh- actually, it fell a long way. Now, I think you are correct. It says one of the actual cars ah, look at me go. used in the 1986 romp Ferris Bueller's Day Off is up for auction um, oh, next week, 25th of August. Except there's one catch. <laughs> What's the catch? It might wear the Ferrari badge, but it is a replica. Oh, it's not a real one. Built specifically for the movie. It was built to look like a 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California, but the replica is a 1985 Mondeo GT Spider California. Still a fairly um, XC car for its time. Oh, hang on. Um, was one of three vehicles purposely built for stunts, hero shots, and eventual destruction of scenes in the movie. How much do you reckon it's supposed to sell for? Knowing that I'm not a car person and don't know the true mm. value of vehicles. And this is a replica. This would you a- want me to tell you what the actual... Okay, yeah, tell me like what the actual it- price would be. So, if it was original 250 GT California, one sold last year, 
for $20 million. Right, and that would have been the actual Ferrari, the proper non-fake Ferrari. Correct. An original 250 GT California. $20 million. For $20 million. And this is a replica. That, correct. Because there's only 56 examples of that car ever built. Of the actual car. Yes, there was only 56 ever made. Which is so why, why it was so was... special in the movie. Correct. Okay. And this is a replica, not the real Ferrari. Correct. And it's now for sale. Correct. And it's obviously got a dollar figure that they believe it will go for. A range. A range. Yep. yep. So if it went for 20, look, obviously it's going to be more than that. I would assume. Because, be more because, than 20 million. Because people are crazy. Yeah, but it's not one of only 56 examples of a Ferrari ever made. Yeah, but aren't you buying it, though, because it's actually out of the movie, though? Yeah, but it was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not shitting on that film, because I love that film. But I would not pay more for it than the original. I'd rather buy... You know what? If you said to me, here is a car that was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's a replica of one of only 56 Ferraris ever made. I'd take the one that was only one of 56. I wouldn't take a replica, which is one of three, made for a film. All right. Well, I'm going to say that it's either going to go for $22.5 million oh, shit. or 125000 yes. Apparently two hundred and fifty <laughs> dollars Rodies, if you're out there and you ever want to go car shopping with Troy, fuck, he is not your man. Well, look, I gave myself you're a range. <laughs> you gave yourself a big range. A very... A very big range. Um, <laughs> wow. But apparently one of those things, what it's done is um, that it's actually made people like Ferrari file lawsuits to stop the creation of replicas. And that happened in the 80s TV series Miami Vice, where Don Johnson's character drives a replica 1972 Ferrari Daytona Spider. That wasn't a real Ferrari either. No, oh, it was. Wow! Oh my childhood dreams are being wrecked. I know, but Ferrari then filed a lawsuit to stop the creation of replicas because people were being fooled, and you know, if you weren't really in the know, you could possibly buy the wrong thing. They won, but however, in return, Ferrari donated two Testarossas to use on the show. But uh, I still don't. So they did end up driving a real Ferrari. They just didn't... Ferrari didn't want them driving a replica. I still don't reckon they're winning. I mean, um, I reckon if you went to Thailand, I, re- yeah. I reckon you could buy a, a replica from someone down the beach. Because, look, they've got Ray-Bans. They've got everything. No, they've got Lay-Bans. Lay-Bans. <laughs> or, or Ray-Bons. <laughs> Ray-Bons. So, look... And I reckon this is, I reckon I reckon a, Ferrari. This is a Ferrari with a Ferrari with one R. It actually could be. Uh a Ferrari. That's one of those. Uh, look, it was a model that was brought out. Uh, what are we thinking now? What are we now? We're 2018. So I'm going to assume it was probably around 1983. Mm-hmm. As a special Ferrari came out, the Ferrari Rocher. <laughs> um, quite popular. Quite popular. Oh, it's just non-stop comedy with you, isn't it? <laughs> Did I ever tell you that when we went to China, um, we went to one of these big markets, and you would have been to them when you've been to Southeast Asia as well, 
and you've got people who are wanting to sell you handbags, yep. watches, jewelry, meat, <laughs> meat, anything. But especially, but what they're trying to sell you is knockoffs of Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Tag Heuler, Rolex, or whatever. All the sport brands too. Sport brands are huge. Uh, exactly, and because you're, you know, you're a Westerner. They know that these brands mean something, and so they're trying to make a buck out of you. And that's fine. So I had this conversation with this Chinese guy, which I still laugh about 10 years later. He brought me over. I was standing in front of his thing, um, and I ended up buying a, a, a fake Mont Blanc pen. But we both knew it was fake, and that's fine. But what I did buy, what he was trying to sell me, was a Rolex watch. For five hundred dollars, <laughs> that's okay. And I said, "But it's not a real Rolex." And he said to me the words that I will never forget: "This is a genuine copy." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> I just laughed. And he goes, "No, genuine copy, not fake copy, genuine copy." And I'm like, <laughs> "I just, I was in hysterics. I almost had tears." As this guy was so convinced that what he was telling me was, this is an authentic copy. It's not like a shitty copy. It's a real copy. And I'm like, but dude, it's a knockoff. That's spectacular. If it was such a good watch, you wouldn't need to call it a Rolex. An an authentic copy. Genuine copy was the word he used. Genuine copy. Genuine copy. (laughs) That's all he kept saying to me. And I'm like, either A... Your grasp on the English language hasn't made you see the irony in this, <laughs> or, or B, you're just taking the piss and you're trying to you have you're having a go. Yeah, I'm taking uh, answer A, Joe. Yeah, I just yeah. I think um, I mean English obviously was his second language, third language maybe, um, which he spoke quite well. But the whole genuine copy just has me. It tickles my fancy wherever that may be. <laughs> <laughs> I tell mate, I can throw a baseball, but I don't understand the rules. It's the same yeah, exactly. thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now what else has been going on in your world? Um, just it's been kind of a, just a, a fun week. The weeks flip by really quick, and there has been a few funny things that have actually come into my my mind's vision. Mm. Um, have you heard about the uh, McDonald's wedding that they're trying to get running? Is this in Southeast Asia? No. This is oh, in t- New South Wales. Of course it is. So there have been four people Matt was so change that four couples married at McDonald's worldwide. And what they want Actually, to do now in the restaurant. In the restaurant. Presided I'll, over by uh Reverend Ronald. I tell about Reverend Ronald. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is at uh Warilla. I do not know Warilla. Um, Hang she on. sounds like a lovely girl. Hang on. Was it presided over by the Hamburglar and he stole the show? <laughs> oh, 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 you thought my jokes were bad. I know, about where he was, tragic. So, <laughs> Warilla. Warilla. So, it's a new McDonald's or newly refurbished McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So, they're inviting a lucky Australian couple to tie the knot in September. Yes. Uh, and they basically want to make this the fifth couple that have married in a McDonald's. Uh, the restaurant will be transformed for the reception. There'll be a three-course meal. <laughs> the main course will feature the gourmet burgers. Big Mac. 
and he gets oh. to choose either chicken or beef. It's great, isn't it? Um, and they're also going to have flowers and decorations and cars and ring. Do the whole thing. There'll be a Macca's inspired wedding cake. <laughs> they do. They already do an ice cream cake for your birthday. <laughs> so it's all part of uh, Wave FM are doing this. It's all part of a huge, big radio fun day, I guess, to try and do something a little bit different and get them on the map. But so you've got entree. So entrees would be your nuggets. Uh, well, assuming. they've actually ordered three hundred cheeseburgers for the reception. Right. <laughs> so they're not mucking around. She's mackers everywhere. Yeah, but. I mean, <laughs> you know what? Tell As me. someone who has gone on a game show on television... This is where I found it very someone... interesting because you did actually get married on television. Okay. But here's here's my story, though. When we were at Darling Harbour and Channel 10 were there and we were, we were trying to find out how much a wedding was going to cost and people were like, well, the address is going to be between, you know, three and $7,000 and... Wedding photos are going to be an extra couple of grand, and then there's Kate, and we were looking at this wedding and going, "All right, it's going to cost us twenty grand, twenty five grand." <laughs> and I'm like, "We can't afford that." And um, and then Channel Ten were there, and I'm like, "Well, what's your story?" And they said, "Well, running this game show, um, and if you come onto this game show, if nothing else happens and you lose, you will get a wedding dress, you will get suit hire, you will get wedding rings." you will get a holiday somewhere in Australia. So already, that's between 10 and 15 grand. And this is also, we're talking 20 plus years ago? 22 years ago this July. So that's a lot of money back then. I mean, it's still a lot of money now, but back then... Yeah, exactly. So, you know, 10 grand's worth of free stuff was, was going to be fantastic. Now, my wife... Her father is a minister, so he was going to marry us for free. I don't think he was going to charge us. <laughs> Good on him. Good on him. And we had a, we had a plan, and this is where kind of anyone can get married in Maccas. You just need to bring your own minister <laughs> or, or, or celebrant. Or, as, a, as, or a McKinister, as they call them. A, McKin- a McKinister, yes. McMinister. Um, McMinister. That McMinister. sounds better. Yeah, McMinister. So we would already decided that if we didn't win the show, then we were going to go to a restaurant and he was going to marry us there in the car park. Do you? Yes, do you? Yes, done, you're married. Because romance is never dead with Joe Mather. It's never no, dead. you are a smooth soul, my friend. <laughs> smooth operator, <laughs> coast to coast. Down. Anyway, so for those who haven't seen it, the roadies haven't seen it, um... If you jump on the <laughs> the Google machine, if you go onto YouTube and type I do I do nineteen ninety six Amy and Joe <laughs> you will see my wedding and you will see what I look like twenty two years ago. Please go and watch it. It's um it's a bit of spectacular viewing. Oh, uh, it really is. I had the Rick Ashley hair. Yep. Um and I believe I have one of the best game show waves that you've ever gonna see. <laughs> It really is Glen Ridge worthy. I, I took my cues from Tony Barber, Glen Ridge. You know, it was of that era, and that's that's what we did. Now we went on to win that particular show, yeah, um, boy, which was oh, I know, smashed it, and um, we were 
blown away with what they gave us. They gave Amy a half-carat diamond ring, a wedding dress that she got custom-made. So some of the contestants on the show got given, you know, a dress off the rack. Amy had hers made for her. We had suit hire. Um, They put on a reception for 80 guests. And, by the way, your trip around Australia has been upgraded to a trip to Paris. So winning all the way. Did all right. Winning all the way. And she's still with me, so, you know, TV weddings can last. And also, uh, there's that great moment when you shut your own wife down and just take over and answer all the questions. (laughs) That is true. Oh, it's my favourite part. (laughs) Or what about my racist Asian accent? (laughs) I don't remember that one. I had a a boss at the time um, called uh, Victor Cheng, not the famous heart surgeon. Um, (laughs) And and Victor had an Aussie accent like mine, but he used to also put on an Asian accent, which I think when you look Asian and are Asian, you're allowed to get away with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, okay. But when you're a pasty white guy on national television saying, Gaha or Gahom, I don't think it's appropriate <laughs> anymore. I don't think it was appropriate 22 years ago, and it's certainly not appropriate now. You could certainly get away with it a lot easier 22 years ago. Because oh, we really did, oh. we didn't know as much as we know now. We have improved quite a lot. Well, I think we have because I think 22 years ago I thought it was funny. I just didn't realise it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd um, be a little bit like um, us walking up to an African American and saying, "Hey, nigger," <laughs> you would yeah, not do I, it. But they're allowed to say it to each other. That's fine. I think it's along the lines of. Um, Remember when Muhammad Ali came out for the Logies and almost punched out Bert Newton? Mm-hmm. Because Bert Newton, for those... Um, oh, far out. Really showing yeah, I'm going back now. Yeah. Yeah, TV personality. Um, Moonfaces is commonly known. He had a catchphrase through the Bert Newton show, which his own show was, I like the boy, which was something that was in Australian vernacular. I like the boy or I like the girl, which was a real term of endearment there was no malice to it whatsoever. What he did not realise was the term boy in relation to African-Americans in the United States was a very derogatory term. Um, It was how the African-Americans were referred to during slavery and even um, what they didn't have apartheid, but they had segregation. I remember you watched a lot of movies and I sat back in the time and I said, you know, grab me that bucket, boy. That kind of Correct. Thing. Yeah. So, again, so during, yeah. So during segregation in the United States is very dark, and that no pun intended. But um, past that was a, a very derogatory term. Now you then had the former heavyweight boxing <laughs> champion of the world, the man who was responsible for the thriller in Manila, Muhammad Ali, came out, and for whatever reason, the Logies, which is what the Australian equivalent of the Emmys? Yes. Um, yeah, they came out and did that, and Muhammad Ali said something, and Bert Newton went, oh, "I like the boy," and the look on Muhammad <laughs> Ali's face was, "What did you say? You you like the Roy?" And Bert goes, "No, I said I like the boy," and apparently it took a lot of fast talking backstage because we went to commercial very quickly. <laughs> um, for one, Bert to be informed of what he actually said, 
and then two, to calm Muhammad Ali down to say he had no idea what he was saying. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, There'd be nothing oh, worse yeah. nothing worse than offending someone without even realising you're offending them. And then also offending someone who could kill, <laughs> could kill you <laughs> with their bare hands, a former heavyweight boxing champion of the world. You know, it's not like you told me something and offended me, where all I could do is give you a surly look. It'd be like walking up to the rock and say, I know what you're cooking, bitch. <laughs> exactly. And he'd be like, damn straight. You. <laughs> Smack. You would die so quickly. I would die oh, so quickly. Oh. A thousand deaths. Um, yeah, so accidentally racist yeah. is what I was on national television. So that's what I've got in common with Bert Newton. <laughs> Accidentally racist. Be a great name for a biography, wouldn't it? <laughs> Accidentally racist. The Joe made the yeah. story. It'd be so good. A Netflix original. <laughs> oh, speaking of Netflix, I'm watching your show at the moment. Haven't finished yet. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Insatiable on Netflix. Is it? Um, it's different. Um, Alyssa Milano is actually behind a lot of it. She's and she's also on the show. And um, right. Oh, so there was my there was my crush oh. from when she was Samantha in what was it with Tony Danza? Yeah, was, who's the boss? Yeah, who's the boss? because yeah. we we're the same age. Alyssa and I, I think, are the same age. She's early forties. I'm early forties. So I just looked at her and I just went, "Oh, you're just dreamy," <laughs> and she was. And you got to hang out with Tony Danza. Yeah, I think she moved on to Charmed. Oh. I'm like, oh, just, yeah, no, there's, we won't even get started on that. We'll be here all night. Um, Mind you, before you continue, <laughs> yeah. the one thing, misheard song lyric, one of my favourite misheard song lyrics of all time, hold me closer, Tony Danza, <laughs> <laughs> instead of Tony Danza. Anyway, yes. back, to, back to Insatiable. So, uh, Insatiable. So, the trailer came out here a few weeks back, and everyone went nuts. It's like, we need to ban this show. Went super nuts. Mm. They didn't want it to go to Netflix. So it started um, online petitions because this woman, or this woman, this girl in the show, she's quite fat, gets picked right. on, gets bullied, um, and then she says something weird to a homeless guy, and the homeless guy punches her in the face. She has to have a jaw basically sewn, sewn up. up. Wired up. Wired up, yeah, like bionic up. <laughs> Um, yes. And then during that period, loses all the weight, comes back to school looking super hot. And right. they were saying, we don't want this. It's all about fat shaming, all the rest of it, blah, blah, blah. It's terrible. Now, what I found really funny is that they're basing this entire series on a one and a half minute trailer. <laughs> so, people, how about you yes. watch the show first before you put a judgment call on it? But um, number two, it, it did come out. So, I thought, okay, I'll check this out. Um, mm. And a bit of... Uh, a bit of fun and games before a show comes out makes you want to watch it more to see what all the commotion's all about. Yeah, That's of a course. Normal thing. So I watched the first episode, and look, it was a bit naff, and I thought, nah, don't really kind of... It's not my thing. I'm not going to go any yep. further. And then just happened to be having dinner or something. Didn't have anything to watch. Thought, okay, look, I've, start, I've started watching this. So I can put it on. Don't need to concentrate. It can just go on. Watch the yes. second episode. And now, man, it's like a train wreck on 10 episodes. You know, it's so inappropriate and so terrible that I can't stop watching it. It's, oh, you're binging. It's, it's, it's inappropriate from so many angles. It's just insane. Such as here's a, a great part, and I, I won't do it 
line for line because I don't remember it. I just remember the essence of what happened. So this girl's commit spoilers. Yes, yeah, spoilers. Yeah, this girl comes <laughs> into the little supermarket, and one of the male characters is in there. He works there, and she looks at his phone and says, "Are you sexting? Oh my god, you're sexting!" I said, "I'm not sexting." So what are you doing? So and there was this app. I can't remember what the app was called. He said it's an app, and it's like Tinder basically. But you scroll left or right um, of whether you like it, but you only show a picture from the waist down. <laughs> That's exactly what I reaction I had. And but the thing that was golden, the thing that was ah, oh, it's so good. It's dick pics. He said, "Yeah, it's really good because it means you're not stuck on superficial things like looks." <laughs> was brilliant oh that's that was gone. just such a great piss take at the way people date now yeah you don't want to get yeah hooked up on superficial things superficial like things looks like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just just junk oh it was just classic but um if you get a chance um it's so stupid and weird but watch it it's just you know you yes. get those shows that you watch and you're even thinking why am i watching this it's so stupid but you can't stop so do you think that the people who were against the one-and-a-half-minute trailer have any basis? No, not really. So basically they just have to appreciate that this is somebody's art and if you don't like it, don't watch well, it. Well, they basically they do touch on the topics. They're not... They're, yeah, look, they're, they're poking the piss at so many different things, but they're also saying the fact that you know, she has moments where it's like, even now that I'm skinny... I still have all the problems I had when I was fat. It wasn't the weight that caused me to have this. You know, it's uh, the the bullying and so forth still has an effect. The weight doesn't change me. Um, mm. There was one moment where one of the characters um, thinks she's pregnant and goes to one of the male characters and, you know, for a bit of fatherly advice, you know, what should I do? And of all the inappropriate things they say on this show, he suddenly says, yes. well, me as a man, that means I've got no right to tell you what to do with your body. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> like you big slapped everything known to man and then suddenly come out with this poignant moment. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, I so love it's that. It's not a bad show. It's, it's so strange and so weird, but oh, insatiable. Netflix. Worth a watch. Oh, as Molly would say, do yourself do a favour. Do yourself a favour. She's gone through all the uh, Aussie icon characters now. But oh, Newton, there's a lot of Molly. Them. Bert and Molly. That's pretty much the time. Oh. oh, yeah, there is. Now, one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Now, you and I told a story on one of the missing tapes. Oh, was that a real that, story with facts or was it just a story we made up that we believed the facts were correct? Uh, no, real story with real facts. Ooh, okay, exciting. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of those rare moments. Yeah, it was when you set me on fire. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember that vividly. <laughs> yes. Are you going to tell the, st- you, the story about you oh, setting whoa, me on fire whoa, or am I? Fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, I can tell the, uh, I'll tell the the small version, the, the shortened version, the, right. the Troy Barnes version of the story. Okay, so you do that. We're then. in the corner store down the bottom of South Road, corner of South and Ironcliffe Road. Yes. Uh, which... As a place that we spent a lot of our teen, our early teenage years, oh, shit ton of time. Um, which is pretty much how we met. That's that's what yeah. galvanised our friendship. Uh, play, Video game, playing the, the arcade store. game, yeah, it was great. So basically, there'd be one arcade game there. We would play it until we defeated it, 
to both of us. Yes. And then they'd get another one in. Because <laughs> it, yes. it was crazy. We were, It was 20 cents a game, and we would line up 20 cent pieces on the screen, basically. There were 20s everywhere. Like, we used, we used to just live and breathe for this arcade game until we killed it, and then get a exactly. new one. And then you, you would always see the look of despair on the old shopkeeper's face when we walked in. <laughs> Because obviously, for whatever reason, they didn't trust two teenage boys in their shop because they lived back in yes. the they lived behind the store. So the the guy who used to own I can't the remember shop, his name actually the the couple that no, owned back me then. neither. He used to sit on a stool whilst we were in the shop playing on the arcade machine. Now we'd be in there sometimes for an <laughs> oh, hour and a half, but he wasn't really watching us. He just wanted to be there to make sure we didn't steal yep. anything. And the day that I walked in and I'd been given $20 worth of 20 cent pieces and we lined them up. So they went to the very top of the screen. So good. Oh, that was so funny. Anyway, continue. I can't remember. Do you remember the name of the game? You always tend to remember it, but I don't. Uh, No, it wasn't that game that we were playing. Right. Okay. So it was another game that we were playing. Um, I remember the game that you're talking about. But it wasn't. Uh, I can't remember the name. So we're playing this game, this unknown game. It doesn't really matter because... We were both highly competitive. Like, all yes. we wanted to do was make sure that one of us had the highest score with the three initials on the yes. top of that list. So, TDB, I've, been, I've been going okay. I've been kicking through and I had the highest score on this game. Uh, yes. Joseph Mather, in his mini red um, afro hair. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Is, is playing along, so he got the joystick in one hand, the buttons flying on the <laughs> other. Um, I'm, be- I'm behind him watching, and I can see the score... The momentum's building. The score's getting closer to mine. I'm like, surely he's not going to do it. Surely he's not going to do it. And finally, it got to the point where you were getting close to overtaking my score. Now, yes. we were both... I've, I don't know whether you were at the time, but I was a smoker at that stage. Yes. I don't know if you were or not. I was a, a casual right, a one, I casual think. smoker. So I had to try and come up with some way to put you off beating my score. and To distract yeah, me, I didn't yes. really think too much about it. I just panicked. And all I knew was I had a lighter in my pocket or a lighter in my hand. Yes. So the best yes. thing I could think of at the time, and look, I, I still, I still believe it was the best course of action, was to light the back of your hair on fire. Yes. Now, I was not aware. And look, it may be something to do with the, the grease in the teenage hair follicle. I was not aware yes. of exactly how much hair would combust. Once given a little oh, bit of fire, up. so I've i lit this little thing at the back, thinking, "Oh, this is going to annoy him." Like he's going to he's going to let go of the controls. He's going to pat the back of his head because you'll have the smell. Yeah, and it's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> and all I remember is smacking the back of your head because it just lit up. Oh, just panic stations, and the smell of burnt hair is one of the worst things ever known to man. And like, so all this is happening. So basically, I've tried to give you third degree burns. Um, yes. The smell in the shop is just absolutely grotesque. Yes. And you still fucking beat my score. Yes, bitch. <laughs> Can't believe it. Yes. I cannot believe you still did it. I mean, the only thing that I could have basically done to stop you other than that was to punch you in the side of the face. <laughs> yeah. And but, we weren't violent that, people. So. Well, but, the, but that would have been seen as unfair. That's true. Like, if you had to physically remove me from the controls, that would have been... Unsportsmanlike. Unsportsmanlike. 
but I, I, I think I saw where you were going. A little bit of a flick, and we would have had a smell, and oh, you like me on exactly. fire. Exactly. Throw you off. Neither, neither of us expected the Michael Jackson Pepsi ad to happen then oh, and there in the South Road shop. Your hair burns so much. And it, it, does, just it doesn't just burn. It kind of sizzles and just... It's like a bushfire out of control. <laughs> just <fucking laughs> madness. But um, I still stand by my actions. I still think it was the best choice, even though the result was not what I was after. And you know what? I actually agree. <laughs> it is now, funny, though. Oh, it's such a funny yeah. story. I'm just glad that I have you as a friend, unlike Jordan Hollingskin or Hollingerson. No, with that name, it deserves something bad to happen. Uh, she... Broke five ribs and punctured her lung when her friend pushed her off a bridge in Washington. <laughs> yeah. Now, Fucking what now? Basically, there's this girl, Jordan. Um, she's 16, and her and her friends are on a bridge, and there's a river running. There's a river running beneath it, and they're all in their swimmers, and a couple of them have jumped off, and she's gone, No, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. And one of her friends goes, fuck it, and pushes her. (laughs) Unfortunately, the fall was 20 metres. Oh, she didn't hit real well, did she? Well, she's in a not pin drop mode. She's in a... And, um, yeah. Yeah, that was actually... Basically, um, yeah, basically a friend pushed her in there. She broke five ribs. And punctured her lung and is lucky to be walking. So this does make me think, though, if we were playing the game, right? Yes. On a bridge. Yes. Right? And you're getting close to my score. I think, yeah. what am I going to do? I like the back mm. of your head. It goes on fire. If I then grabbed you and threw you off the bridge, knowing yes. you would land in water and save your life... Mm. Would that have been sportsman-y enough to have had you not bet the score? Because well, I wouldn't have been I throwing you off to put you off. I would have been throwing you off to save your life. I I would have perhaps questioned after my ribs had recovered and I didn't have a hole in my lung so I could then talk, I, I would probably question why you just didn't pat the fire out in the back of my head as you did in that shop in the mid uh, but but this this first version 90s. might not have happened, you see. See, yeah, I still think I'd be aware that that no oxygen means no fire. <laughs> so, so you're saying there was an awareness that there may have been other options. Well, the other thing I'd be questioning is why a video game would be on a bridge twenty meters above a river. Well, look. You're starting to get into specifics a little bit. And I don't know how many specifics are important. I, Devil's in the details, All I've, all I've got is this image of you playing the game. I line in the back here, And yes. then it's just me grabbing you. And we're, like a mm. Hulk-like moment. I'm yes. just lifting you above my head. <laughs> and just tossing you over the, bri- over the edge of the bridge. And you can see your spinning body land in the water. Well, no. And then it's me yelling out, Are you okay? <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. But so the thing is, I wouldn't have stopped playing. So you would have had me hanging on trying to play and both me and the game would have gone over. So that would take some strength. Yeah. 
But if we're talking Hulk-like, you know? I think you got it in In a moment of distress, incredible strength is possible. We've seen that happen in the past. We've spoken about it, I'm sure. It does happen, so. So. (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm just glad it was in a corner store somewhere and not on a 20-foot bridge, 20-metre bridge. Mate, it was still funny. I still laugh about it every time I think back to it. (laughs) All I just remember is that that patch on your head just going like a bushfire. Yeah. And, roadies, if you ever want to know how much I love this man, I love him enough that I still am friends with him after he set me on fire. (laughs) That's friendship, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. It's either friendship or I was such a a (laughs) no-mate... <laughs> that I'd take what I could get, and your fiction is fine. Oh, look, you know that is possible too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, nice. now, um, based on those pearls that you've been handing out, have we got anything from the thoughtful uh, one? Thoughtful one, of course. Excellent. Let's, All right, let's hear what he's got to say. Right, for himself. we'll get set up. Welcome to the teachings of Thoughtful Troy. A listener in Fremantle, WA, (laughs) has asked a question this week. Now, Samuel is only 13, so I'll keep this answer as clean and quick as possible. Hang on, pause it for a second. Thoughtful one. Samuel, if you're listening, does your mum or dad know that you're listening to the South Road Boys? Because quite frankly, there's been a warning on there that it does contain adult language and concepts. It doesn't actually say an age warning. just says that there's a warning for language and bad behaviour. So, Oh, fair enough. Fucking crack on, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll just get thoughtful Troy back. Samuel is only 13, so I'll keep this answer as clean and as quick as possible. Okay. Samuel wants to know... <laughs> I love... (laughs) When will I get hair down there? (laughs) Sorry, Samuel. Take it seriously, Joe Mather. Samuel wants to know, I love women's boobs heaps. (laughs) But my mates pick on me because of it. What should I do? My young friend, there is no need to fear. You are just maturing faster than your friends. And are noticing the beauty that the female form brings to men. Enjoy mm. this period in your life. I know I did. <laughs> and that your friends will soon love boobs too. Thank you. And, oh. Oh, no, I misread that. Samuel loves women's boots, not boobs. Oh. <laughs> Time's up. Thank you. And bless. Thoughtful Troy, I tell you, I don't know what we did before Thoughtful Troy came along. Boots. Because he's inc- incredibly helpful. <laughs> Poor Samuel sitting there, still the none the wiser about his fucking boots. <laughs> oh, well, Samuel. Oh, no, I'm Joe. I'm Troy. And we are the South Road Boys. We certainly are.